It's to trust your senses to know, oh, if I do use my cam properly and I am listening attentively. Use the right lane to take the ramp to Columbia. I'll be okay. I was listening to Invisibilia. Not sure why. I think it was just on my list. And I thought podcasts would calm me down. Edges at what appears like the last moment, but you catch it. We don't need to go any farther. What? I was wrong. I feel like I'm supposed to be recording something about my thoughts about right now. Um, but honestly, I've been trying so hard not to think about it. See, the week before, I got three friend requests on Facebook. One from each of my half-brothers. For years, I thought they didn't know about me. And for most of those years, I was right. In a quarter mile, merge onto I-485. When am I going to hit my slowdown, Janet? You told me there was traffic, and I must know when I will hit it. God, I should have had coffee beforehand. I also feel like I'm going to cry. Oh. Continue on I-485 for 15 miles. Oh. Really? And now? Now it was time to go meet them. It didn't feel real. It's just really hard right now. Um, it seems really unfair that I have to go through this. And my little brother isn't even around for me to be like, Yo, Dylan, you're also coming with me and to have him, like, confront this, um, like, with me. Like, I have to do it alone, and they all get to do it together, and they're going to talk to me about their dad and how great their dad was and about, like, what their mom told them about why um, he left, like, their mom and, like, why he came back and, like, things like that. I just feel like... They're going to have such a warped idea of, like, him, and I think I'm just going to cry. Hi, I'm Sam Sabin, and this is Good Grief, a show about reconnecting with the past and my attempts to make up for lost time. If this is your first time tuning in, stop. Please stop right now and start at episode one. It's really important. This is episode five, Brothers. And while we're at it, it's important to note, my half-brothers, they weren't quite comfortable being recorded yet. They did just learn about me in August. So we're getting a bit creative with this episode. I hope you enjoy it. When they reached out to me and I told you that they had found me, what uh, like what was your initial response or how did you feel? I felt concerned for you. Hmm. Why? Like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> this is me and my mom. We're on the phone a few months after I first met my half-brothers. You'll hear her voice throughout this episode. <laughs> Because you didn't know they existed, and then all of a sudden you have, like, three brothers. Interesting. I thought we all knew that I knew about them. Mm. And that they didn't know about me. 
Yeah. But, like, he'd never interacted with them. Yeah. He knew of them. Yeah. Yeah. I just thought it was pretty cool because um, they're your relatives. They are related to you. I'm in the car again, on my way to go meet my half-brothers for the first time this past August. It's been less than a week since they've added me on Facebook, and they were really excited to meet me. But... But I... I wasn't ready. I just wasn't ready. Am I gonna live up to their hype? Like, they've also only known about me for a week, and I know all this shit about them because I've been stalking them on their Facebooks for, like, five years, um, off and on, like. I don't know. As I get closer to the bar, I can feel my body freezing up. I can't even grab the recorder. Thoughts are racing, but remain unchanged all the same. We were meeting in a random sports bar in Matthews, North Carolina. I guess we would talk about my father or our mothers or something else relevant to this conversation or our lives. I'm not really sure. I am just angry that I have to deal with this and like I could feel this resentment forming um, and I don't even know what that resentment like who it's towards um, it could be towards my mom um, or it could be which I don't know when I think about it being towards my mom it doesn't feel right right like I spot the bar I drive around in circles around the building. Oh no, I missed the entrance again. I'll just park here and make sure I'm in the right place. I open Google Maps, double check. Damn it, I'm in the right place. It just feels like a really awkward Tinder date. And I cancel those all the time. <laughs> um, because the expectation's always there of like, are they gonna look like their pictures? Are like, are my assumptions of their personality? Are they gonna be right? How close am I gonna be to like understanding who they are? Like, how different are they from their internet profiles? Right? Like, I just have all those weird like <laughs> those weird feelings that you would have when you're trying to meet someone from the internet. I can be a few minutes late. It, it's fine. It's really, really fine. Eventually, one of them spots me. It's the youngest one, or at least I think it is, based on his Facebook photos. He notes the Go Heels plate in the front of my car and figures it's me. Damn, that Carolina pride. Uh, the fact that you were never able to forge relationships with them when you were growing up is very sad. Yeah. Did you want me to be able to? Yeah. 
Why? Especially being an only child. Because, like, siblings are what you have after your parents grow up and pass away. You have friends and you have your brothers and your sisters. The sad part is, like, you never had a chance to, like, meet your half-brothers or grow up with them or spend time with them. And I was just glad that, I mean, as tragic as it is that he passed away, like the good that came out of it is that you were finally able to meet the rest of your family. It starts with a simple hello, then a few awkward silences, then the typical questions. What beer are you getting? Uh, probably a PBR. He's getting a Bud Light. It's like this for hours, making small talk, dancing around the elephant in the room. We go to a second bar. Still don't really bring up our father, the awkwardness, our families. If anything, they ask about my little brother. Or, excuse me, our little brother out of curiosity. What is he like? How did he respond when we reached out? What does he do? I tell them. He's assertive and passionate. He isn't really into this whole let's reconnect our families thing. And he works in construction when he's not professionally playing his video game. And yes, that is a thing you can do. Eventually... I tell them about how I knew about them for a few years. They tell me about how one of the brother's fiancés thought that they had recognized me from somewhere. I pretend not to know what they're talking about. They chuckle and say they thought it was a weird coincidence anyway. I know it wasn't, but I wasn't ready to explain that yet. One of them had started following me on Instagram. He sees images of Aquasesni. He tells me he thinks it's cool that I got a chance to go up there. We drink one beer, and then another. I stop after the second. I have to drive home later, I explain. They keep going. About five hours go by, and it's all mostly first date stuff, and I hate first dates. <laughs> We learn about the surface things, about how they like their jobs and what they want from life and so on and so on. But never about the tough stuff, like, who was our dad anyway? What do you guys really think about all of this? Why are we even here? Then we go home. And I'm left thinking... And thinking, and thinking. Hello, recorder. It is me, Sam. Um, unless you guessed that already, which I hope you did, recorder, because I'm the only one that uses you. Um, I am about to drive home from meeting my fucking half-brothers. Like, how did this happen? Wow. Um, <laughs> um, it is raining. That's the little do 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 noise that you hear. Um, but they're actually, like, really fucking cool. Um... And I was really nervous about it, um, but they're really cool and I'm really excited about it. Ryan started telling me a lot about the family tree afterwards and I started explaining like a lot of like the info about like the Mohawk tribe because I know so much because it's so important to me. As you have gathered by the time you listen to this um, 
listeners. Now I'm talking to you all. Hopefully there are listeners by now. <gasps> um, but yeah, it was really cool. Um, I don't know. I had a lot of fun. It's really interesting to watch like the mannerisms play out because I think that Dylan acts a lot like Sean. Like it's so clear to me. I'm like, God, they would be so. They're so related. Um, and I think I was in full like journalist mode of like, okay, I am here to like make people feel comfortable, and I'm not like going to access my emotions yet. I'm just gonna cope with humor because this is a lot for everyone right now, right? <laughs> kind of mode. Um, yeah, I don't know. I'm feeling good about it. I'm feeling good. Um, it went as good as it could go. Um, yeah, I'm going to ramble for way too long, so we're going to go now, but... (laughs) It's May 2015, about four or five months after my biological father has passed away. A week after my junior year of college ended, and the day before, I'm set to fly out to San Francisco for a summer internship. I needed cash, probably for the move, maybe just so I could live until my first paycheck. I was in college, the possibilities are endless. So I decided to sell some clothes at Plato's Closet, one of those stores where you can buy and sell gently used clothing. I walked in, Went to the area where you talk to someone about selling your clothes. And, uh, that's when things got awkward. The woman who approached me, she looked all too familiar. The name of the woman who approached me, it was all too familiar. The mannerisms of the woman who approached me, it was all too familiar. My anxiety boiled. I sat down as this strange yet familiar woman went through my clothes. In the corner of the store, I pulled up Facebook and searched around. I went to one of my half-brother's accounts. I remembered he was engaged, but I couldn't remember her name or where she worked. That's when I pieced it all together. The first names were the same. The workplaces were the same. The faces were the same. The strange yet familiar woman was my half-brother's fiancée, 100%. This day in May, in a random, gently used clothing store, was the first time I had interacted with any member of my biological father's family. And the thoughts, the thoughts naturally just kept racing. Do I say something? Does she recognize my last name? How would I say something? Is it kosher to go up to someone while they're working and say, hi, I am the long lost sibling of your fiance. How are you? Tell me everything. When they call my name to grab my leftover clothing, I was worried. What if she did realize I had the same last name as her fiance? It's not like it's a common one. Should I say something? I went up to the counter, grabbed my clothes and left, never saying a word and keeping the dirty little secret to myself. She probably didn't think much of it anyway, I thought. Later, I found out she most definitely did figure it out. 
I'm trying to think of what my next question is, but I'm wondering like what your take is on them and like their like the fa- like how they found out and like their response to it because like I'm very taken aback by the fact that they found out and then immediately added me on Facebook <laughs> and then met I me. I thought that was a little nuts. Yeah, and then met me less than a week. <laughs> After they found out. Yeah, that's also a little nuts. Yeah. I don't know if it was... Yeah. I get it, because they were probably like, oh, I I mean, I don't know how they took their dad's death, but like, oh, there's like siblings that we have, let's reach out to them. But like, it was just super fast. Yeah. I mean, that's how I felt. Um, For me, I just gathered that I think one one of them told me that it was just, like, they're super excited they had new siblings. Um, but I, I just feel like that they're the type of people who are very, very family-oriented, and they're just, like, excited when they get to add new people to their family is, like, how I feel they took it. But I don't think they took a minute to slow down. Right. And think, like, oh, wait. <laughs> wait, this might be overwhelming. Yeah. For all of us. <laughs> like, this also changes how we view our father. Um, right. Which, like, yeah. I met with that same fiancé to my half-brother less than a week after I first met my half-brothers at a different sports bar in Charlotte. I told her about our close encounter, how I almost went up and told her everything. She told me how she knew something was up and how she never forgot it. I grabbed dinner with two of the three brothers and each of their partners. Honestly, things are moving way too fast for me. And it's a lot. It's just too much. I tried texting my little brother about it. He ignores me, just says, I don't care. Who are they to me anyway? Why do you care? This time, the fiancé says I look like Bob. You can see Bob. Bob. I didn't like that. Or maybe I did. I'm not really sure, but it's the first time we truly acknowledge the physical, familial ties there. That's progress, I guess. The night carries on. The Carolina Panthers are playing. Turns out they love football. A lot. We let that consume the night. Yet again, ignoring the elephant in the room. The fact that we have wildly different perceptions of the same father. I think one, like, they didn't let me record them, which is fine. Um, Really, I just asked the one that's super open about it. And he was like, I don't know. I don't think my brothers would be okay with it. <laughs> so I just didn't ask them. Um, yeah, but I think that he was saying that for them, he also has a lot of anger now, too. <laughs> of like, yeah. who is this person? <laughs> um, right. And what sucks is none of you can ask him. Yeah. Who, why and who and what. Yeah. Which is like... <laughs> It's all on him <laughs> uh-huh. at this point, which is just like, 
not fair. <laughs> um, Each time I leave these hangouts of sorts, I have the same question. Why did I just do that? My estranged father, he was a true family man in their eyes. He would get season tickets to the Charlotte Hornets basketball games and take his sons. He would probably show up to different school events, PTA meetings, graduations to show support. He volunteered with local children's groups and was celebrated in his community. In my half-brother's eyes, he was a saint and a role model. At least that's what I'm assuming. Who was I to come storming in and ruining that for them? Just so I could have a chance at learning more about this man who left. And possibly being a true sibling to these random men who I've never met. Why does it matter? Well, so I didn't know what he was doing when you were a baby. Mm-hmm. And so it was only after the fact when things broke open that, you know, I was like, I guess she doesn't know about like me or your other kids and what plan are you going to put in place to like get them all together and he didn't have one because mm. okay. <laughs> he wanted it to be like a secret but then when we moved down here and you we tried to reconcile you guys I thought at that point because he swore up and down that he had told Marion about the whole situation that there would be like a time where okay, you guys would meet, you would, you know, try to get to know each other again with, like, supervised visits with, like, me and and dad slash Dave, and then eventually, like, you would maybe go over there, or all of you would go out to, like, I don't know, sports center or something like that. Like that weird bowling alley place that we went to? Yeah. That was for, yeah, or like Adventure time. Landing, where there's like mini golf and games and stuff like that. Or you would have gone yeah. to the movies mm. or whatever. Ah, okay. This makes more sense now. So again, I walk away from another outlet with few answers and more questions. My mom, she liked that I was getting to know them. I didn't quite understand that. My half-brothers are pretty well-adjusted family men themselves. My goal was to travel and do me, and be a creative type, settling down, quote-unquote, way, 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 down the line. Their goals are to buy houses, get married, and stay close to family in Charlotte. My half-brothers, they, too, are struggling to get the answers they want from their own mother. Later, they would tell me she forgets that my little brother and I are related to them, that they have other siblings in the world. My half-brothers, at least one of them, he tells me that he's also trying to cope with the anger of a father who 
wasn't really a father to two of his five children. How can he be such a great father to them, all while knowing he had abandoned us? Do you think she, when do you think she found out? When do I think? Yeah. Hmm. Probably when I sent the announcement that you're graduating from college. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah. I, at first, I wanted to say, like, when I sent the announcement that you're graduating from high school. Mm-hmm. But I just think he's so he was so savvy at, like, bullshitting that she didn't find out. My anger also lingers. Why did he leave us? Were they better? Did we cry too often? Did my habit of coloring on the walls when I was about three years old scare our father away? Did my little brother's colic scare him away? Did we do anything to make him stop loving us? Did he ever love us? See... Nobody has the answers I'm looking for. And I feel a little helpless. I've gone to my mom, my little brother, my grandma, my half-brothers who didn't even know that I exist. I went to Aquasesne. Nobody has answers. This project was meant to be a way to find the answers to my questions that I couldn't ask my father before his death. There are ones that I thought my mom or my grandma or even my literal half-brothers would know the answers to when you piece it all together. But maybe there are some questions that no one has the answers to. And I'm not sure if I'm ready to accept that. Good Grief is an independent production by me, Sam Sabin. Editing help for this episode comes from Lydia Thompson and Rachel Wolf. Theme music by Indian Wells. Other music in this episode by the Plastic Jazz Orchestra and Poddington Bear. This podcast is funded partially by the UNC Creative Writing Program and the Bulge Family. Special thanks to my family for letting me record them and my friends for putting up with my anxieties and being my greatest editors on the next episode. With my birth father, it's sort of a similar situation. Like there is a chance that I could get info from him, but it's not a guarantee. I pull in a close friend to try and wrestle with that feeling of helplessness. If you enjoyed listening, please subscribe. It's so simple. You just like tap a button on your phone or on your computer. It's so easy. The internet is amazing. You can find Good Grief on iTunes and wherever else you listen to podcasts, including Stitcher now. You can also find this podcast and more episode extras at goodgriefpodcast.com. Be sure to like the show on Facebook and follow it on Twitter. Just search Good Grief Podcast. I promise it will pop up. Also, this podcast is monthly, but I exist every day. It's crazy. If you want to talk to me, shoot me an email at sam at goodgriefpodcast.com. And thanks for listening. <laughs>